All right, well, welcome back to our podcast. We are now calling it the From Many People's Strength Podcast. I am your host, Jamie Nugabauer. I should say Matt Gurley, my co-host, that is actually called the From Many People's Strength Soccer Podcast because you found, Matt, that there was another podcast that was called From Many People's Strength. Is that correct? <laughs> I, I believe so. I, I probably can't verify that they're still podcasting, but uh, I did try and search that out. And thought, well, we can call it the soccer podcast. Hopefully, no one gets confused. Yeah, hopefully not. But uh, you know, if they're talking, if it's us, then it's the soccer one. If it's not us, <laughs> it's not the soccer one. So there you go. Pretty simple. Cool. Well, that being said, uh, Matt and I, uh, I guess I'll speak for myself in that I'm still recovering. From last night, as Canada opened its World Cup qualifying uh, octagon round against Honduras in Toronto. And uh, first of all, uh, Matt, on a scale of 1 to 10, uh, how much fun did you have last night? (laughs) I mean, that's a tough question to answer. It was great to see people. It was great to see the fans again. It was great to be back in BMO for the first time since the, the win over the U.S. in the Nations League. Um, that is my fifth time seeing Canada play Honduras in Canada in the World Cup qualifier. Uh, every Canadian national team match is fun. It's great. I love going. Every time we play Honduras, it's like being kicked in the testicles. So, um, <laughs> uh, you know, it was like a 6-7. It was a fun night out. I had a good time. Um, I'm still... I'm trying to be optimistic. Absolutely. Yeah, I think the sight of seeing so many red jerseys and a smattering of blue. And, you know, I think I saw some tweets that were maybe a little bit, you know, exaggerated about the fact that, oh, this is the first time Canada's had home field advantage, blah, blah, blah. I don't think that's true. Or that's not from no. anybody that's paid attention no, uh, I, I did see that though. Oh, it's great to see that Canada had a real home uh, home midfield event for the first time. Like that's bogus, but it was magical in terms of you know obviously being post COVID and all the guys coming back and uh, you know I, I guess you know the, the maybe different players responded differently to the fact that it was at home. It was a situation where the pressure. I want, don't want to say it was off because it wasn't off because it was a World Cup qualifier in the final round. But uh, the way that they started the game last night, Matt, made me think, and John Herdman said in his post-game presser that uh, they uh, maybe thought it would be a little bit easier, that maybe it was going to be a thing where they could dip their toes into the water uh, and, and and it would work out fine. Um, I don't know. I don't know what you got the sense, especially from the first 40 minutes. And it really was, you know, the first 40 minutes and then the last 50 minutes, I think, were the were kind of the, t- the two stories. Uh, would you agree with that assessment? Yeah, somewhat. I think something that I mean, we talked about this a week ago, but uh, there's a sense that we were hanging with close to first choice Mexico. We've beaten the U.S. We played the U.S. really close in the Gold Cup. We outplayed Costa Rica. Like, we're we're right there. We're ready to qualify all of that. Um, and I keep saying in the gold cup, you know, in the gold cup, it's, that's great. This is the gold cup. World cup yeah. qualifying is completely different. Um, and I think the players didn't appreciate that. 
And we talked about the U.S. being a team that isn't very experienced, um, talented, obviously, but don't play away from home a lot. A lot of guys haven't been through a World Cup cycle, and I sort of thought, well, you know, how are they going to do? I didn't really consider how little experience some of the Canadian players have in this regard as well. I mean, you look at Alfonso Davies, he's, he's done it all, but he's never really gone through the, the real meat and heat of a, a World Cup qualifying campaign, David the same way, you know, so there's Buchanan, obviously. Um, I, I think they thought maybe that their, their talent would, would be enough to carry them. Um, but you have to, you have to match the intensity um, every time. And, and they, I don't think they did that in the first half. They were outworked. They lost a ton of second balls. They were, um, they were swarmed in the midfield and they didn't look sharp. I mean, I don't know if it was nervousness. They looked a little nervy in the first 40, um, but they weren't sharp. They're a little loose to the ball. And especially people like Atiba had some bad touches. I mean, guys, you just never expect that bad touches. Now, with Atiba, I don't think it was nerves. I don't know what it was. It just looked a little sloppy. Um, mm-hmm. But as soon as they go behind, that all changed. I don't think they really well uh, once they're a goal down. The problem is once you're a goal down against Honduras and a qualifier, all of those X factors of, of time wasting, of play acting, target passing, that all comes into play. If you've got a lead, it's a different situation. Um, if you're playing from behind, then you've got to deal with all the other crap. Yeah, and the Honduran manager, Fabian Coito got right into Coito got right into it. There was a moment in the game uh, where Honduras was up one nil, trying to kill it off, and Canada had a throw in, and the ball was just standing right right in front of the Honduran manager. And uh, Stefan Stefan Estacchio went over to I don't know take it or move the ball or whatever it was, but uh, right when uh, he got there, the, the Honduran manager kicked the ball away from Estacchio, and that led John Herdman and the Canadian staff to you know throw some barbs towards the Honduran. So that's what you expect, and you hit the nail on the head. I think that was my post game thoughts about the refereeing and the shenanigans with. The, the diving and the flopping and the all that stuff, you know, you you lose the right to complain if you come out poorly and you don't do your job because you can't control so many things in CONCACAF, but you can control being ready for kickoff. And I, know, I think there was a, a bit of a struggle uh, for Canada in, in a way that not, not saying that they didn't want it, that they weren't trying because they certainly were. <clears throat> but it was, you know, I think it was, I think it was a nerve thing. You know, I think it was uh, maybe it was expected to be a little easy, as John Herdman said, up and expecting to be up 15 nothing by halftime, that kind of a thing. And, you know, I, yeah, you get you get punished in CONCACAF when you're not ready to go. And um, it can be it can be quite uh, it can be quite frustrating. Uh, we, we move forward then to the uh, I guess the two uh, the two men that everybody talks about when it's you know, Canada men's national team. I mean, you should talk about everybody, but the first two you talk about, and, you know, I want to evaluate these guys specifically um, just, uh, you know, in this one, their first time playing in front of fans in Canada, obviously, uh, you know, Alfonso Davies did it, but I mean, in a Canadian men's national team jersey in a meaningful situation like this in the, in the octagon. And, you know, we'll start with Alfonso and my thought, I turn to you, uh, you know, the first couple minutes, he looked like he had Andy Nahar of DC United, the right back for Honduras, absolutely on skates. And, you know, you said maybe Nahar did a little bit better. 
you know, whoever was out there, Edwin Rodriguez, uh, out at the far side too, had a heck of a time. And I think he's going to give anybody in the world a heck of a time at this point, Will Alfonso. But overall, what was your assessment of uh, of Alfonso's 90 minutes? I don't think uh, Herdman's game plan really did Alfonso a ton of favors. Um, we really were looking to get, get, get wide, which is great. I mean, Alfonso thrives in wide areas. But, you know, you saw him turn the corner and... You know, against a couple of low blocks, there's just not a lot of options. We don't have that that big presence in the box. We learn it a little bit, but you know, mm-hmm. against a guy like uh, like Minor Figueroa, um, you know, that's a tough battle for for our forwards to win in the air. So we're getting into those wide positions, but there's just not a lot on for them, and mm-hmm. it just led to a lot of corners that we also didn't take any advantage of. Uh, and the set delivery, especially in the first half, when we had probably eight or nine, I don't know how many it was. It was fourteen total, but. Uh, the set-piece delivery was poor until Horlick came in, generally. Um, so, you know, Alfonso was starting to show something down the left, um, but he was really pinned to the flank as well, which I think, um, when he's that far wide, he was great out there, but he also, um, if you double-team him, you also have the sidelines. It just limits him a little bit. And he seemed hesitant to kind of come off the line when, uh, in the second half, when he and... Um, and Richie Larea were combining a little bit better, uh, or sometimes Estacchio actually. Um, yeah, they're kind of finding that that um, that half space. But Davy still stayed wide and left. If he makes sort of a, a run towards the goal, that opens up options. But suddenly you're going to draw defenders, and, and when he's way out wide, they'll you know. I just think he he wasn't as involved as much as I would have liked. And I don't think he was involved as much centrally as he could have been to help create things. I mean, he's going to mostly live, live on the wing and that's, that's just what it is, but there should be a little bit more variety and yeah. maybe putting him on the right and swapping him with Buchanan was an attempt to get him more involved centrally, but he never got the ball out there. I mean, it was just like mm-hmm. he was exiled to that flank and it just never happened. And um, it felt a little bit like Johnson didn't want to make that pass, which Maybe it's fair because Miller made that pass a lot, and a lot of the times it got picked off. Miller had a tough time connecting uh, with those wide spaces, and as much as Nahar struggled um, for pace, as much anyone will, Nahar did pick off a lot of those balls. We're trying to find Davies. He knew it was coming. He baited Miller a lot into making that pass and picked mm-hmm. a few of them off. So, um, I don't know if people saw on the broadcast. They may not have. Uh, Fonzie was not happy in the final whistle. He was quite uh, quite upset. Uh, I think probably at himself. If, if not bad, then certainly at the result. Um, so uh, I took that as a positive. Uh, he was halfway down the tunnel before the team kind of got together on the pitch to do a huddle and have a word. He kind of ran back up from the, from the tunnel to get back in there. But he, he was ready to... The final whistle, he was ready to be in the change room. So uh, he was not well pleased. So, you know, young guy still, we, we kind of forget because all he's achieved and uh, there's still lots for him to learn. And as we say, this is this is new. Yeah, I think you have a Champions League medal and you've, you know, you've done it on the biggest stage and you've, you know, torched guys from Bar- uh, Barcelona in a Champions League match and you've done all these things. You kind of expect to, to be able to create that, cutting edge moment to the World Cup qualifier against Honduras against the two guys that play in Honduras, but uh, it's not that mm-hmm. easy. It's, it's, it's tough. It's, it's tough to qualify. Yeah. Well, there's, <clears throat> I think that's a great point. I think uh, the concept of Alfonso Davies putting a lot uh, of 
pressure on his own back <clears throat> to will this team to get to where it goes. You know, he stood up in front of the world on that that FIFA press conference and said, I know I'm Alfonso Davies and I want to take Canada to the World Cup. And I'm like, man, you are 18 or 19 or whatever. <laughs> and, uh, you know, kudos, big time kudos. He's never shied away. And I don't believe it for a second. It's a thing where it's because he doesn't care or anything like that. He cares a lot. Um, yeah. But, you know, I think I think you're right. I think uh, he needed to uh, change things up a little bit. Maybe maybe instead of trying to cut it back every single time. And, you know, clearly he is looking for Jonathan David. Clearly he's looking for Kyle Aaron. Uh, and that's good. Those guys are the guys who are supposed to bang the ball in. But maybe once in a while, switch it up. You know, the game in the game against Suriname turned turned on its head when Alfonso took it himself. And took a shot, and I think the Hondurans at some point were like, "Well, Alfonso's not going to ever shoot it, so you know we can just stack a million guys in the middle and and take away that that centering pass that you know he tried to thread the needle all sorts of times." And you know, to be fair, you know it sounds like we're being negative. I don't think it was you know watching the highlights back, especially you know especially the last fifty minutes. I think we were all over them and could have mm-hmm. had all sorts of goals. Um, you know, think about Johnny David had an open net. You think Kyle Aaron had an open net. You think Kyle Aaron had a free header on a beautiful ball by a stack. Yo, you know, Steve, Richie Larea in the dying minutes the, at the back post rockets one over the net, you know, all sorts <laughs> of great chances too. So, uh, you know, don't, don't mean to sound too negative. I think, you know, I think a lot of people want to see the sky is falling and because this didn't happen. And, and, you know, we fair enough, we sat around the bar afterwards and were frustrated because we wanted to see a win. Uh, we really did, and uh, you know, there, there's no two ways of going about it. We can be professionals or whatever if you want, but really, we wanted to see a win uh, in front of our eyes. But you know, that that's what that's football. That's concaf. It's going right. to be tough. All right, we move forward to Johnny David, and you know, obviously, big rumors about where he might go and whether he'll you know stay with Lille, whether he can replicate the second half of his league season last year, uh, and you know, all the pressure in the world again on this guy to to be a, a finisher, a goal scorer. And he had a couple chances as well. He got into good spaces, um, you know, maybe not as Fox in the box, but it was really crowded in the middle. And, you know, I think, uh, talk about Figaro, I think Pereira, all these guys for Honduras, you know, dared Canada to, to cross balls all night long and, and played narrow. And I think a lot of teams are going to do that against Canada and CONCACAF. They're going to say, you know, I dare you to, to float balls in and put in a good cross. You're not going to dang, dangle it through us. And um, and I think that was a hard thing for Johnny David and Kyle Aaron, who, as you said, is a big boy, but um, you know, don't see him get up and bang ahead in too much, uh, at least uh, not for Canada. Um, but Johnny David uh, specifically, uh, just quickly, your, uh, your assessment. I mean, it was, it was a tough night for, for David. I mean, he was feeding off scraps for the most part. Um, he had that chance uh, right after Hunter uh, scored in the first half. And, uh, you know, I think he'd love for him to score there, but he, he was at a not great angle and he got a pretty good shot away. Uh, it was a pretty good save by Lopez. Uh, if it was maybe an inch or two higher, he might have just got under the barn into the top corner from, you know, short side, I think, on a tight angle. But, you know, he hit that well. That's a, that's a pretty good a pretty good shot from a, a tight angle. And he made Lopez make a good save. The, uh, that one that fell to him late, though, I mean, I just didn't get around on it. There is space on the right-hand side of the goal, and if he, he lashes onto that, you know, and he's, he scores goals like that. We've seen it do it for Canada and for Lille, where it just kind of falls to him and bang, it's in the net. So mm-hmm. um, that's a tough one. I mean, 
you'd you love that to go in. And, you, you, you know, we're, it sounds, like you said, it sounds negative a little bit, but at the same time, you're, you know, that's a, it, it was a big match last night. And, um, you know, that's a big moment in a big match. And as we talked about going to the World Cup, you need, you need results. I mean, you look at Mexico and, and uh, Henry Martin pops up and heads a goal in and just, you know, he, uh, Blake almost got a piece of it. He almost saved it, but it's just labeled for the top corner. And, you know, 90th minute. That's why Mexico goes to the World Cup. The U.S. scores goals like that all the time. They're, they're, it's close, it's nervy, whatever. They get a chance late, and it's in, and they win. Mm-hmm. That's how you go to the World Cup. Um, and that's what we need these guys to do. And it's, it's a high... Uh, it's a high threshold of um, of expectations, but I think uh, we need those to be realized if we expect to actually qualify. Yeah, and you know, you make a great point again about the Americans and the Mexicans, and uh, you know, the American media was just over the moon about the Gold Cup, and obviously they won, so fair enough. But it was ugly, ugly, but. They found a way to win, and the margins at international level are teeny, teeny, tiny. And they've been doing that you know, for twenty years, where they yeah. they they nick a goal at home where it's been tight, and they get a goal on the road. I mean, the number of times those guys have found a way to win games with been really close. Yeah. You know, it looks like it's it's like wow, they qualified easily. Like they did not qualify easily. They scored three goals in the last five or ten minutes of matches to give them an extra, you know six, seven, eight points, and that's why it can be easily. So, but, but that's why those teams have been the elite teams. They, uh, they believe they're going to win, and they do it. Um, and we're not there yet, but hopefully um, hopefully we're going to find ways to win matches because you're not going to tie your way to Qatar. You need to, win, you need to win matches to get there. Yeah, you find a way to win, you find a way, or you find a way to lose, and you need to win matches to get to Qatar. You need to win matches in Canada to get to Qatar. Yeah. And that makes that uh, getting something from the U.S. pretty big. Getting something at home against El Salvador is getting not just something, getting three points at home against El Salvador on the eighth, absolutely critical, even though it's it's still early. Yeah. Um, we They have to win at home against El Salvador. That's just the way it, the way it goes. But, you know, how much, uh, what's the word, how much confidence how much encouragement did you get from the way that they responded from getting sucker punched? Because, you know, after Alexander Lopez put it into the bottom right corner on the, from the penalty spot after what was definitely a penalty on Tejan Buchanan, uh, there's no question in my mind that that was a penalty that was, should have been called for Honduras. Uh, and he put it and Lopez, put it home bottom right corner on Borean in the 40th. And then he promptly goes off with a hamstring injury, but, uh, you know, from that, from that moment, um, you know, Lopez lies on the ground, Canadians have a huddle from that moment. It feels like it was absolutely one way traffic. Um, so, you know, obviously you need to find a way to win. Absolutely. But how encouraged are you from the fact that this team took a sucker punch, got up off the mat. And even though they didn't find a way to win, they found a way to get a tie and Kyle Aaron put a penalty in, um, you know what, what's that? Uh, what's that confidence level like for you ahead of these next two games? Well, I'll tell you my thought process in the stands watching it was, I mean, I was already, you know, we were having the the look with people around us, sort of talking briefly, just sort of going, 
this isn't going well. You know, it's the first half unfolding. This is, you know, um, a, a really undermanned Honduras, being honest. No Lozano, no Kyoto, no Elise. Um, and they're playing very well. And they're, they're, they're looking dangerous on the counter, missing their three best attacking players. Uh, so then they score. And um, I was certain, I mean, I was not, there was people I think that were thinking this was, you know, we're, we're going, this is happening. I was like, this is going to be a, 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 a war for 14 rounds here. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, as I said, I've been in the stands for so many matches like this. I saw them blow a 1-0 lead in Montreal. I saw them score in the 82nd or 83rd minute in Edmonton and then give up a phony penalty and then get a goal that's allowed for no reason. Um, you know, I've just seen this happen so many times. And so it's just like, here we go again. And then there was that little huddle and Borean started to whip the crowd up. And I just thought, well, why is here we go again? This is an entirely different group. Yeah. Um, it's... It's a group that believes in themselves. It's a group that can score above all. That's always been our struggle. So um, I thought, why, why can't we come back? We, you know, we, we have 50 minutes. Um, and I thought, if we come back and win this match, that's a statement beyond all statements. We are down at home against Honduras, the team that kills us all the time. And here we go. Let's change history and say, this is not this team. So if we had come back and won this match, I would be saying this is a new Canada. We are um, made of sterner stuff. We aren't going to fold, dot, dot, dot. Um, We didn't do it, but we played well enough too. So I'm kind of in that between space where I'm very happy with the way they played um, once they want a goal down, which is a horrible caveat to say because they need to play well and not go a goal down. But Um, The performance for 50 minutes was very encouraging. It was good enough. You know, if we play like that for 13 more matches, I think there's a strong chance we can qualify. Um, Hopefully you can get better than that, potentially. Yeah. um, Yeah, just not getting the job done last night doesn't make me incredibly optimistic. Like, it just puts that qualifier and that damper and everything, the performance and everything else. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, man, we, I hate the, you got to walk before you got to run sort of thing. <laughs> and this, but I, you know, I think this team is too good to, to walk. So, you know, I, I'm with you, uh, you know, the Gareth Wheelers of the world, they're going to give them a pass. Uh, and I don't think they've given themselves a pass from, from what I saw in the post game uh, interviews, you know, that, and what I heard that Borean said in the huddle, you know, post game that, you know, that wasn't good enough. That wasn't them. Uh, and, you know, you take some positives, but you don't shy away from the fact that they need to be better just from the beginning. Uh, and, you know, there you have it. So, you know, we move forward to the fact that, you know, we talked about the performance, um, you know, just quickly, as I said, Kyle Aaron uh, takes advantage of a, another clear penalty in the 66 that, you know, Junior Hoylett, who came on and was magnificent, uh, drew on a nice little one-two. I believe it was uh, Larea that he, you know, he and he and Larea went that one-two, and then Pilot was decked, and Laren banged it in, and and you know we we've kind of gone through the the performance enough, so we'll move on from there. But just so you you know, we were wondering what happened with the Laren goal. It was banged right down the middle too, and I was like, oh no, I can't watch. It's Kyle Laren, but uh, you know he he found a way. So big time kudos. Um, but you know, performance we talked about the result in the big picture is uh, not not great as we said that they only tied but the, if you look at the scores outside uh 
you know, from my perspective and tell me if you agree, uh, Matt, everything else went perfect. <laughs> yeah. That was the other, the other silver lining last night. I mean, a, I hope the silver lining is that we learned a lot and understand more what it's going to take. But, um, as we were watching some of the other matches, I thought, okay, two nil nil draws is, is excellent, particularly the U.S. dropping points in El Salvador, because I do think that's a place some teams will find a result, especially um, if El Salvador falls off the pace a little bit, the atmosphere gets a little bit less intense. Um, but, you know, I didn't, you know, Jamaica not stealing a point under staff in Mexico was great, too, because I thought that might look like that was going to happen. And you don't want to concede anything, but I think we all accept that it it's very, very likely that Mexico will qualify. And so, you know, anyone who can take a point in Mexico is, is steal a point that most teams won't get, I have to assume. So um, mm. happy enough Jamaica didn't get that extra point, and that, that suits me fine. So uh, if, if, if they can get a result in Nashville um, and you finish with five points, that's not a bad start. It's not great, but it's not bad. Uh, if it's four points, it's not great, but it's not a disaster. Anything less than four in my mind is we're already in trouble early as it is. Cause that is the one nice thing about, you think about previous times where you drop, drop that home point against Honduras. You're thinking, well, now we need something in Honduras. Cause that's just the map of it. Cause there's only six matches here. There's 14 matches. There's time to make up points. There's time for things to kind of. You know, it's going to be a roller coaster of feeling good about things and things not going your way. And then, you know, it just, it's going to be, it's going to be a struggle. It's going to be competitive all the way through. And I think it's going to be with eight teams, there's going to be a lot of teams picking points off of each other. We already saw that in the first night. Um, people I've talked to and heard from felt that uh, the Canada Honduras match was probably the best played of the four matches. The teams both looked probably the sharpest collectively than, you know, um, I haven't had a chance to watch all the other matches. I, I hear the U.S. El Salvador match was nothing to write home about. Uh, mm -hmm. um, sounds like Panama played decently but couldn't score. Mexico wasn't great, but Jamaica put you know Jamaica put in a good shift and almost pulled something off. So, um, you know, performance-wise, we probably played fairly well yesterday comparatively to other teams. So we'll see what that means uh, on Sunday. Yeah, so we move forward to Sunday, and you talk about that American squad it was a mix of a team guys and, you know, resting a few guys, I think also for Canada, uh, you know, I think they're, they're the center back pairing of Tim Ream and miles Robinson uh, might not be what uh, Greg Berhalter goes for, for the USA against Canada, Walker Zimmerman, Anthony Brooks or Jonathan e. Brooks, you know, Mark McKenzie, James Sands, all these guys on the bench. Uh, and uh, only brought on, uh, you know, Anthony Robinson later. So, uh, you know, I, I think we'll see a different uh, different look at the back for the Americans other than, you know, obviously Dest is going to play everywhere, every game as much as possible, I think, at left back for the States. But, uh, you know, McKinney in, Adams in, uh, Sargent in, Reyna in, you know, no, uh, no Pulisic still, uh, as far as we know. Elizabeth doesn't look like he'll be able to play at all. Uh, so, you know, it, I guess there's that, but, uh, you know, what are you expecting, I guess, from this American lineup as they, uh, shake the, the dust, I guess, off of the Cuscatlan and, and, you know, have a, what should be a rockin' home crowd in Nashville. 
Yeah, it's interesting in that I, I expect Canada may start almost an entirely different midfield. Um, I certainly don't expect FIBA to play um, two matches in a row, uh, you know, with, with Kay and Piet and possibly Witherspoon, but also Osario. Um, There's options there. I think the U.S. will probably start McKinney and, and Adams again, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. It seems like people expect that to happen. So, you know, mm-hmm. hopefully fresh legs can help offset that. Uh, as you say, I expect Des will play. Uh, I, I'm sure Brooks will play as well, whether or not they pair him with Miles Robinson, who's played really well, or if they do bring Watkins in, it's tough to say. I do think they'll play someone else left back, whether that's Bell or Anthony Robinson, I guess we'll see. But I think Des will go probably on the right. Um, I think he's not comfortable there, but um, it sounds like he didn't play very well uh, last night. But, mm-hmm. um, I, I'm curious if they start Sargent again. Uh, you know, it's got to be tempting to start Pepe in experience as he is. He certainly is in form. Yeah. Uh, I, I, you know, I think Sebastian Legette probably comes in as well, depending on what happens with Pulisic. Um even if Pulisic can play, you might still see Legette. If Pulisic can't go, then maybe you see Aronson or uh, De La Fuente. But I think Reyna will play. Um, but it's interesting. I mean, we're we're assuming a lot about what Canada might do. But I, you know, I think I, mean, I think to go back a little bit, I, I think Fabian Coito deserves a ton of credit for how he Honduras lined up, and I thought he did a really good job mm-hmm. in managing minutes and getting them set up and everything else. I want the biggest disappointments to be the Herdman last night beyond the uh, kind of the way they, they lined up and how they had different players um, playing the wrong wing too much. Um, he didn't use his subs. I mean, I was shocked. There was only two subs, and one of them was basically the 90th minute to bring Kennedy in. And Kennedy actually was quite useful in those that cameo. He had some big moments. But you know, given that we played almost everybody 90 minutes, you sort of wonder how much we're going to see some of the guys we saw last match. I mean, certainly one or two of them, you know, well, probably three, four or five of them will have to start. But I, you know, if we don't start Davies and the, you know, David doesn't start or Laren doesn't start, that would not shock me. Um, mm-hmm. I, I just think we're going to, we're going to see Kennedy, obviously. And I think Atacubi probably starts. And, you know, I think we will see Osario and Kay and Piet possibly Weatherspoon. You're going to see those kinds of guys and, you know, probably Hoylet and or um, Buchanan, I guess we'll see. But you know, I do think it will be a very changed midfield at the very least. Yeah, I mean, certainly, uh, you know, you don't bring, you know, David Weatherspoon across the, across the ocean for him to not play. Um, I think there's that, you know, element to it. You know, I, Liam Frazier has that confidence and experience of playing extremely well in Toronto against the States in the, in the Nations League. Again, what do you take from that? I don't know. Um, I don't know. I think, I think St- Stefan Estacchio might be a guy that sticks. Uh, he seems like a very durable guy, played a lot uh, for, for Paco Ferreira in Portugal. And it looks like, you know, he played a ton at the Gold Cup. Looks like he's a guy that, they like having in there. And obviously he and Kay formed a nice partnership. Yeah. So it'd be interesting. Uh, you know, obviously I think this game against Honduras, the fact they didn't get three points might, you know, change a couple of thoughts. Tejan Buchanan only played 40 minutes, 45 minutes. He gave up the penalty and other than one ball in, he was invisible. Uh, I know I wonder if he was hurt at some point too. 
But his yeah, ankle was was pretty heavily taped, um, yeah. which was noticeable after the match. Um, so I don't yeah, know if that's so an existing knock or if he, he got a knock, but he, he did not have a great night. Yeah, it'll be curious. And I think, you know, Pepe or Shibachu will probably start up top for the USA because I think there's an, a belief around CONCACAF that Canada's center back pairings aren't the most athletic and putting two putting an athlete like one of those two up against them. The Americans might think that they can get some joy from that, but uh, you know, it, it'll be, it'll Kennedy's be just faster than I thought he was. He, he showed yeah. some good, good pace uh, to, to win yeah. that challenge late. Uh, you know, I think Candy's definitely faster than Miller. Obviously Victoria is not relying on speed, but uh, you know, yeah. Kennedy's not, uh, not slow. Yeah. And obviously they're going to, they're going to stick with that back three, back five, whatever you want to call it, and keep Alistair in there in his own home park too. So, you know, there's some, uh, there's some, uh, you know, what's the word? Keeping it, keeping it tight uh, for, for Canada, you know, making sure that, uh, you know, they learn some lessons uh, from when they played the Americans in the second leg of that league, the, the, the Nations League. Uh, when, you know, Herdman came out and won Canada on the front foot and they turned the ball over and over softly and the Americans came and counterattacked and then American media thought the Americans were phenomenal, but actually Canada was horrendous on the day uh, is, you know, kind of what happened. But I I do think Canada might play four in the back. I thought they looked good with four in the back um, Mm. in in the Gold Cup. Uh, I think the U.S. likes to get those overloads in white spaces, and um, which is one of the reasons I was hoping we'd have have Pates on the counter trying to find their fullbacks. But um, much as you talked about um, Honduras playing narrow, you know, if we if we clog the midfield and then try and let them have the wide spaces and then see if they can cross things in, that might suit us. As opposed to having them try and build the channels and and, and attack that way, I think uh, it would probably be better to. Get through the wide areas, possibly use Johnson, Matakubi, both uh, both the fullback, and then have you know much more combative midfield to try and win the midfield battle and control possession that way. But I have given up guessing what John Herdman may do. I still don't sure. even know if I understand what he was trying to do last night um, mm-hmm. with with uh, yeah, sort of that hybrid four back going into a three back in possession, and then having Larea just kind of. Mm-hmm in the half space and attack on the wrong wing and then playing left back sort of, but there's a lot of space behind him when he wasn't able to get back in time because they just asked so much of him. But in the second half, I thought Richie played great. So full credit. Yeah. I, th- I think it was curious, you know, I think about, you know, sort of going back to the Honduras game, you know, Tejon Buchanan plays a ton uh, on the left, you know, just behind a striker just behind Gustavo Bo in New England, where exactly where Richie Larea was playing. And Richie Larea plays right wing back or full right back for TFC all the time. So it was uh, it was kind of like they had it backwards with uh, with those two. Um, and maybe, you know, if Tejon and, uh, and is doing the role that, that Larea was supposed to in terms of you know, drifting inside and giving Davies that space to get in behind and making the Honduras fullbacks decide, you know, which guy they were going to they go after. I guess it was just, it was just a mistake that Herdman, you know, made to start. And, you know, obviously it's easy for us to sit here and judge in hindsight. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, there, there you go. I guess these are all learnings and Canada didn't lose. So there's also, 
There's also that. So last question for you then. Uh, can I, Matt, can I say something about that? Yeah, before go we, ahead. Yeah, sure, okay. sure. I was just going to say that uh, normally we play that back four, you know, the, the, the right fullback is the one that provides the, the attack and the width, sort of turn it into back three that's kind of the wing back, which is usually Lorea, um, because obviously Davies on the left. And so that worked fairly well previously qualifying. But then the Gold Cup, because Davies wasn't there, it ended up being the left back that was that guy being the attacking fullback, which again was often Larea, but because we had Buchanan on the right, that kind of had that balance of you know the attacking winger on the right and the the attacking fullback on the left. But it was like we're trying to do both. It was like okay, we're going to have that attacking fullback on the same side as Davies, and I I think it was just you know Herman talked himself into wanting to start Buchanan and Johnston and Larea. And really, um, he had to pick two because mm. the three of them just are too similar and didn't make sense to have one of them kind of round peg square hole. But I mean, for 20 minutes in the second half, we had Lorea, Davies, and Buchanan on the wrong wings. Mm. And if they were actually attacking the channel, you say, well, they're playing inverted, but they really were just kind of off on the sides and trying to get around the corner, but then not being comfortable crossing the ball on their wrong foot. It just, I don't know. It just, it, it, it felt like we were, we were doing the opposite of keeping it simple. Yeah. No, I, Hey, I hear you. And, uh, there you go. I, you know, I think, anyway. I think it's a thing where, where John Herdman has, uh, you know, he, 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 I, you know, I think he's a good manager. I think he's got these guys playing hard, but I think this, he's also young as a manager at this level and he's learning himself, uh, you know, say what, say what you want about his experiences, but these, this is, you know, this is sort of a different uh, situation. I think even, you know, with absolutely no disrespect at all to the Olympic runs and everything like that with the women's and, um, you know, this is, this is just different, not saying it's harder or whatever, but just different. And, and I, I, I like, and I think he's done a very good job yeah. by and large. Yeah. But he'd occasionally do things where I just thought, yeah. why are you changing this with yeah. women? I mean, it's like, you know, let's not, uh, let's not reinvent the wheel every week. Let's, you know, so yeah, yeah, I, you know, everyone's learning in this group and, uh, you yeah. know, I, 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 I know what he's trying to do. He's trying to, uh, really be attack minded and hopefully just blitz Honduras and, and put them under pressure, I think, and have a lot of different options and different ways to attack them, but uh, just in the way I think you hoped it would. Yeah, he uh, maybe overthought things. That's kind of the bottom line. All right, last yeah. question. Uh, you know, predictions. Well, you, you don't like giving predictions for uh, the <laughs> score. Uh, so, you know, I'm going to actually go out on a limb and say Canada nips a 1-0 win. Uh, in Nashville, you don't have to give your prediction on the score if you don't want to. Uh, but what kind of a game do you think people are going to see uh, when Canada takes on Honda or USA in Nashville on Sunday? Uh, I think it'll be close. I think it'll be pretty competitive. Um, I think it'll be fairly low scoring. Uh, I unfortunately don't think uh, we'll take a point out of that one. I certainly hope I'm wrong. Um, I just am not going to bet against the US winning at home against us. I just don't see it. Um, so, yeah, I would say maybe 2-1, maybe 1-0 no for the U.S. There you go. Well, fair enough. And 
we uh, got a, a person or two who uh, came up to us and said uh, they listened to the podcast and they enjoyed it. So we thank you so much. Uh, feel free to send in questions or um, just sh- send us a shout out, uh, pass the pod to somebody else who likes Canada soccer as well. And uh, appreciate it. Uh, Gurley, it was great to see you uh, as well in person. And we will yes. talk uh, after the USA game. Safe travels back home when you finally are able to get back home. So uh, we'll talk to you again.